Thank you very much. Hey, hello again, all the saints here. Uh, uh, I was here about a month ago, but I saw you heard that my dad has asleep now, so we saved that for Friday. I'm going to talk something else today, but I know one thing that we had a camp about three weeks ago, and the theme of the camp is the race of faith. And the scripture we have is, I fought a good fight. I finished the course and I have kept the faith. And I know my dad give that example to all of us and all the people said. And we gotta meet him again in the air and all the people said. Okay, uh, what I'm talking about today is just gonna talk about some stories in the Bible that I'm sure all of you family are probably from Sunday school. Story about Jonah. You know, the story of Jonah, the prophet Jonah probably is quite famous with that disobedient prophet, or the prophet that angry to God, and probably a man that was eaten by a big fish, or whale, and that, that, that was sort of like a Sunday school tales. And then probably some people thought that, yeah, that's a good story. But if you're aware in the New Testament, Jesus actually used Prophet Jonah is one of the statements he made. If you look at in the Matthew 16, when the Pharisee and also the Sadducees, first one, yeah, came and tempting desires him that he would shew them a sign of from heaven, he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be a fair weather for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be full weather today for the sky is red and lonely, oh you hypocrites, you can descend the face of the sky, but can you not descend the signs of the times? And first for a wicked and adulterous generation and seek for after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. I mean, throughout all the prophets, Jesus used the sign of Jonah. But of course, if we want to look up what is the sign of Jonah? It's not about that he's in the belly of the fish for three days, three nights, and we know that how Jesus also in the belly of the earth, but it's not only that. So today we want to look closely about the story of Jonah, if everyone can turn to Jonah chapter 1. And not only that, Jonah was actually uh, being used by God in the, in the, in the time of uh, the, the king of Jeroboam, the second because you can see that in the uh, second Kings first four, uh, chapter 14. I'm not going through that. But actually God used him for that particular time as well. And then here, we, here he is, you know, in that particular time prophesying about the, 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 the kingdom of Israel. And then the Lord have another mission for him to go, which is to a city called Nineveh. And then we know this city in the description that the people with a lot of evils doing, so wickedness happening there. That's why Jonah was called to go to the city. And then from the history, you can search about the, the city is, is basically the is sort of the capital for the Assyrian. And then where they actually very brutal. And then what they did is actually uh, uh, kill people to every city they go to, especially in the north part of Israel. So Nineveh actually located about northeast from Gethaver. That's where Jonah from. And then that's about 500 miles on the northeast. And... Every city that the Ninevites will go, they always chop up the head, uh, they kill the person, and then they make a pyramid of the skull of the man. So this is the, 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 the people that Jonah need to face, you know. 
And then, no, no wonder in the first, in chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, you know, it says that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, and great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. So there's a calling here. That one thing that we need to, to see in this uh, story is that God is calling Jonah as a man of God, as a prophet of God, actually to go to a city where all the things are the people that need to be saved. One thing for sure, if we are in the putting in the shoes of Jonah today, probably we don't want to do this kind of thing like Jonah, isn't it? Like if you, if you see like uh, probably not just a city, just say a family probably near your home or just a neighborhood you're on your neighborhood you, you know how brutal is the man or brutal the family is or, or probably uh, you know you, you just don't want to because to, to go near them is just so much thing going on i, I don't want to be to do with that so we we, we can understand why he, he's trying to run away here and of course uh in 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 chapter four he was really showing in the uh, i think first two uh one and two he showed that I, I, I was angry to God. I know God. I don't need to be there, you know, because you're going to have mercy upon them. And we know the story that what God did in chapter 3. But Jonah felt that I don't like to be there. And then, you know, the attitude from the start, Jonah felt very heavy to go there. And then in, in, in verse 3, in verse 3, it says that, let's continue a bit. Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of God. And went down to Joppa, and Joppa is probably about 70 miles in the uh, in the south of the Gethsemane, where he's from. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, away from the presence of the Lord. So just hold on there a bit, you know. When you have such a fear in your life that you don't want to do God's calling in your life, the easy way to do is to run. Like Jonah. And we know there are many things that we can run from. So we cannot be used by God. Whether that's your health problem. Whether that's your relationship problem. Whether that's your working problem in the businesses. There are many things that you can run away with. And one thing that's the fact from the scripture in first 3 is that when Jonah flee to Tarshish. And you know there's another part about Tarshish. It's a city where there's a lot of gold and silver and all that. You know, the Tarsus is located actually in the west side. It's about 2,500 miles away from Nineveh. And re- remember this. When you flee from God, you always try to make it as far as you are. And then, well, Nineveh is only 500. And then here we, here it is, going 2,500. It's five times away. And that's what happened to people that try to run to God. You can run, but you cannot hide from Him. And all the people say each one of us, we are thinking like we plan so good that we're going to do this, we're going to hide from this, we're going to, you know, don't talk about this, you know. When you try to run, actually, it costs you so much miles in your life. And then you realize that you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. And the fear that a man can have when they are called by God to do a certain purpose in the life, and each one of us has that when we are born again, where the Lord fills us with, with the Holy Spirit to be His witness, there is a calling for you. There is a calling that God's given. But when you try to run away from that, you're going to take a hard, long run for that one. And one thing for sure from first trees, it says that there is a ship in Joppa. When he went down to Joppa, there is a ship waiting for him. 
You know, the interesting fact also that I found when people try to run from God is that there's always be a ship waiting for you there, for you to go away. Isn't it? It, it looks sort of make a sense that I don't want to do this, God. And then suddenly here you are, you go to another place. I think that's not from the Lord. I think this is the Lord. And everything sort of makes sense. You know, everything that's, yeah, I can go there. I can go this far. And then you just say that, oh, no, that's not from the Lord. This is from the Lord. And then you know what? After you go there and then you need to go back again to do your starting point. And that's what happened to Jonah. Each one of us, when you try to run away from God, there's always be a ship waiting for you. And you know what? There's always be people saying that, come in, come in, it's okay, no problems. And it's sort of like they sort of invite you to be in that ship and sail away. And that's a fact. This is what we need to be cautious is when you're called by God and you have the purpose in life, you're not by accidents in here. When God fills you with the Holy Spirit, when God calls you to the meetings in God's people, there never be accidents. There's always God's purpose in each one of us and all the people say. If you see the story of Jonah as well, if we're going to read the first four. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Let's stop that a little bit. There's a clear point that the Lord sent out a great wind. When we try to run away, God actually can send a storm to us. It's not from the devil. It's not from your friends or from outside. It's from the Lord. The Lord tried to slap us to wake us up because you try to run away. And sometimes in life we thought that, ah, this is wrong uh, because this is the devil doing. No, it's not. It's God's doing to wake you up. God sends the storms coming and it can ruin the boats there. It's the ship was likely to be broken. Probably you look at your life now. That your home, where you are now, something's going on, like really, really things going on. There's a big storm coming in my life now, you know. What about if you think that's the Lord's right to wake you up? Probably you've been asleep all this time. There's no much benefits of us just try to fight that when it's from the Lord, isn't it? You, you you can't just say, God, please remove this. It's nothing being removed because the Lord wants you to wake up. Each one of us need to be aware of that. When the Lord calls you, He's not playing around with us, but He wants us to complete and to finish it because we do have the example of Christ going to the cross for us and He complete that so we can be saved today. It's quite an interesting fact that the Lord sent out this great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. The ship was uh, uh, like to broken. And in verse 5 and 6, you see that the mariners were afraid, cried every man unto his God, cast forth the wares and were in the ship into the sea to lighten it them. But Jonah, you, you watch this in verse 5, Jonah, the one that's run away from God, was gone down into the side of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Wow, that, that's just crazy, isn't it? Here, here, here is, you know, the boat is about upside down, about to be broken, and he just asleep, he's going down, and he just got a nap. Do you have that kind of experience in your life? Or probably if it's not you, probably people around you. 
That just, you know, you, you, you work so hard, you just try to make a living, and then here we are, you, you go home and there's this, this guy, or this person is just laying there asleep. Well, the whole thing must break down. Or it could be you. And then you realize from the story of Jonah is just so amazing. Sometimes when people run from God, they, they think they, they, they could sort of like, yeah, take a relax, you know, have a break and all that. Where your life is upside down. And you know what? It scattered all the people around you. This is what happened. If you have a person running from God, it probably he, he can be relaxed, but look the people around him. Everything is messed up. They throw away, they, they did this, it's nothing works, you know. And then you find out, ah, oh, there's this guy, the, the problem, you know, he is the troublemaker. Is it that's what happened in life as well? When we don't have a discipline, when we don't have want to, because in the name of love, we just try to keep things which is not right. Just keep doing it, keep doing it. And you thought that by love, you can save the man in troubles. You can't do that when you're running away from the Lord. If a man runs away from the Lord, he needs a discipline from the Lord. And all the people said. This story is also a story about God teaches us with the story of discipline. Where people doesn't have a discipline in his life. There's a storm coming, and that storm actually ruined everyone around it. It's quite a story, like if you try to get rid of all this, the, the first here. And then the shipmaster, verse 6, came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots, and we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lot, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said them unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thy occupation? What do you do? And where do you come? Where do you come? What is your country? Uh, which part of country you are? And what people are you? And then... <laughs> So the people there said, what happened to you? you you're, you're so relaxed. You go to bed and then you go just sleep there. Who are you? What are you doing? And then they, they found out, he says that, and look, take a look at that first nine. And he said, this is what Jonah said, the man that ran from God. He said, I am an Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which had made the sea and the dry land. Come on. This is the man that's run away from God said that I'm a Hebrew, I fear the Lord. Yeah, right. Is it sounds familiar? Is it sounds like probably we do this or we did this kind of thing in life too? Yeah, I'm spirit-filled, I'm again, I'm a Christian, but you're running away. And you let your fear to bring you down now, and then yet you think that I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I'm spirit-filled. Come on. It really sounds familiar, isn't it? Here is Jonah. He asks, what is your occupation? What nation are you? What people are you from? And then he still reminds, I'm a Hebrew. I'm the man that feared the Lord. The, the God that made the sea and the dry land. God that is so mighty that can do anything. Here we are. We want to testify for our God. We want to, uh, you know, to declare the salvation that He's given. But when the storms come, we run away. When we got called out with the purpose, we run away. And yet, we said we are sons and daughters of the living God. 
I know sometimes this is quite challenging to accept, but this is a story all about. That's what you need to learn. That's why Jesus used Jonah. So all the Pharisee and the Sadducee could see that what he meant. Jesus doesn't want us to run away. We want to be an overcomers. There are things that you need to face today in your life, whether that's about your family, your health, that's what I said before, your friends, or anything that you do, you're going to be overcome to that. And all the people say, you can't run. You can't keep running and running around. You're going to take charge and say that I had my God calling and I'm going to complete it in my life. Whether you like it or not, there's always be, I remember I told you, there's always be people and a ship waiting to take you away, far, far away from him. But again, you got to return to the original spot at the end. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, first then, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So even Jonah actually shared the testimony that he ran away. And then this is another part of it, you know. That you met up with these people in the ship. It's nobody. It's just no ones that you know of. And then they knew that you ran away from God. And they tried to fix the problems. And then the problems, they found the problems. And you know what they do? They don't fix it. This is what happened in the world today, you know, when they saw problems and they saw people running away from God. When they don't fix that, and then you just keep asking, what do you want? That's what they do in verse 11. Then they said unto him, what shall we do unto thee? That the sea may become unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempted, tempted How do you say that? There you are. <laughs> That's a hard Tempestuous. You know what I mean, okay? It's raging, basically. That's raging, okay? It's raging like crazy. That's basically what it is, okay? And that's what happened. Sometime in life, you go to the world there, there's a ship there, there's a people there, gonna agree with you, and then say the things that you want to hear, and then, you know, when they knew, you're like, yeah, what can I do for you? Is that the things that you like the most? And then where God's people come to you to say, no, this is not right. You're not supposed to do that. You don't do that. And then we hate that. That's not God's people. When you trying to seek help outside, they're always going to accept you. They're not going to talk about your problems, you're running away from God. But they're scared of you. Your life is a mess and they can't do anything about you. But when we are God's people... We are taught in a way which called discipline. So we are reminded about who we are, that we're really standing up for Him and to accomplish the, the, to accomplish the calling that we have. You gotta respect that. You gotta really acknowledge and embrace that when you are amongst God's people. Because from this story, you know, they can't do anything to help Jonah. And if I can read further in first, uh, 12, you know, in verse 11, you see that the sea rot and then it's all raging and all that. Verse 12, and he said unto them, and this is verse 12, this is what Jonah said there. Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea become unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. That's another character of person run away, is their self-ego, you know. I'm the problem, take me out, cast me off. Come on. Why can't he just pull himself to the sea? Because you know what? If you want, take me. Cast me off. And sometimes we act like that with our ego. 
Sometimes that's why you just keep running, going down and down and down in your life when you're running because pick me up, you know, throw me away and everything going to be done. But you don't want to do it yourself. You ask someone else to do it. And again, because you are hanging with the people in the world or people that doesn't know what they're doing. In verse 13, nevertheless, the man rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. They tried hard. They tried to get it back. They couldn't, you know. Because this man is a man of problem. And that's what happened in life. When you got this sick man that's running away from God, you try to do anything. But you can't. You just try. It's, it's, it's a pointless. And and you see that, that and then, you know, everything was raging even more. And then if you if you say that at, at the end, you know, they realize that we need to do something about it. We're going to throw him. We're going to throw him on the sea. And then they cried upon the Lord in verse 14. Yeah. You know, they asked that, Lord, you know, please, you know, help us, you know, in verse 15. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and watch that. The sea ceased from raging. When there's a discipline in the Lord, you know, when the things is done right according to the Lord, and he tried to make a returns for the Lord, Everything was calm. And all the people said, that's what happened. But when people just try to be living not under the discipline of the Lord, just try to be keep running and running, just try to be making all the chaotic sin, you know, it's all raging, you know, affecting people and people falling down. People fall out just because you are a mess. There's a story telling us today. So this is a self-reflecting mirror, whether that's you or whether there's probably a people around you, probably in your life that you're going to act upon. There are two things in the story, whether that's you or there's someone that need to be disciplined by the Lord, need to be reminded that he needs to be back to the Lord. In, in, in first, 16, then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. So it's all safe, it's all stopped. So straight away after things is done correctly, and everything stopped, everything come, and they all have the testimony that I want to worship this Lord. The Lord that He says He serves is the real God, God that's alive. I love what He says in verse 17 though. He says that now the Lord had prepared, or another word is appointed, a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Just stop there. Well, like about Moses about this, the Lord actually prepared or appointed a great fish. We know where the storm come. The storm come from the Lord, right? But when a man actually willing, if you see that Jonah not fighting that to be thrown, he's willing because he knew what he done. He realized one thing that. This is about me. I've done wrong. I prepared that if you take me off, I'm ready, Lord. So basically, this is one part of the repentance that's shown in Jonah's story as well. When you have a repentance heart, when you prepare to do the worst thing that can, probably you overthrown, probably you were kicked off of the boat just to make sure, to make sure is to show what you say that, yes, Lord, this is because of me. I, I know, Lord, I, I, I want to do the right things, Lord. When it's done, right? Uh, the process is not stopped. The process actually going to another process, 
which is to refine him, is going to inside the fish belly for three days, three nights. And just want to see that Lord actually prepared and appointing a great fish for Jonah. This is actually the best place he could be. And sometimes in life, when we want to turn away, we want to turn away, we want to repent from running around, sometimes you end up in a place that you don't like to be. But the Lord wants to remind you. And that's what you need to get from the story too. You know, you say, I've done this, it's enough, Lord, I want to return, Lord. But sometimes when you want to return to the Lord, after you running for a while, God probably put you in the belly of the fish. Place that is stinky, dark, probably you can't do anything, probably you are cornered, probably you, 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 you awkward. But hey, Lord wants to refine you in this belly. It's just, it's such an amazing place to be. You, you can't do this in your life. Say, Lord, it's done. I want to repent. I want to go now. I want everyone to accept me like this. I want they to do this. And because, I, you know, they, they, they're going to be. No, 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 no. Probably it's not like that. Probably it's never be like your plan. Because God has another plan for you. It's quite amazing when you read in chapter 2, you know, how the God refines him in the belly of the fish. And we need to have this acknowledgement in life where God tries to refine you after you're running away. You gotta accept the circumstances even though you don't like it. So you can be used. Because we know in chapter 3, after he was thrown out from the face, he was preaching the same message. But he needs to be refined first. And that's the same with us. Are you been hiding, been running all this time, and you want to be back? Okay, that's a good. But remember, there's a belly of the fish waiting for you. Will you accept that? Probably the place where you are in is stinky. Probably you are cornered a bit dark. You don't like it, you know. But hey, God wants to work with you. Because he says that God appointed and then prepared a great fish for him to be swallowed. Now, if you see in chapter 2, I mean the whole chapter, I, I don't have any much time, right? So, just going to summarize in the chapter 2 here. If you read the whole, the, he crying out, this is basically the prayer of Jonah. But what is amazing about this prayer of Jonah, where after he ran away, he, he, he realized how amazing God is. You know, what, what would be the first word if you are in the belly of the fish? Imagine that's, that's really you and me. Say, we're gonna be kicking, you know, screaming and said, yeah, I'm gonna die, you know, you know. But in the story of Jonah in chapter two, we don't see that. He's not actually praying to get out of the, from the belly. That's one fact. He didn't cry out to the Lord, says that, God put me out of this belly. No, you don't find that in his prayer. Secondly, he didn't murmuring, complaining, about where he is. He say he was distressed. He said that, he says that, uh, you know, he says in first one, uh, Jonah prayed unto the Lord, he's got out of this, the fish belly, and said, cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. He heard me of the belly of he cried, and thou hadest my, Lord, hear me, and he hear me crying. He has so much thing he says that, he said that, uh, in first one, he says that, I will look again toward thy holy temple. He remember all these good things that God can do. He remember all the things that God can uh, work in his life. You know, he's not complaining. When you want to be refined in the Lord, 
stop your complaining because it won't get you anywhere. If you keep complaining and complaining, complaining and complaining, you don't hear this prayer. You know, uh, the, the aim is actually first 10, isn't it? And the Lord spake unto the space and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. He's good that he's come up from the mouth of the fish. If he's come up from the back, it's probably a different story, isn't it? <laughs> probably if you got a wrong prayer, you're going to come out from the mouth, probably coming out from the other side, okay? You don't want that, right? But I mean, in first time, you know, the ultimate things, God spake again to the fish. Okay, it's time now. You come out. We want that, isn't it? Sometimes this belly is very stinky and, and we, we can't stand it. You want to be out of the belly? You, you want to be refined and finish all this course? Well, make sure you pray correctly because you know what he prayed in first nine? If we can have a look at that one first. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have found salvation is of the Lord. Wow, that's sum it up all. You know what he prayed for? He pray for thanksgiving. Can you pray for thanksgiving when you are in the belly of the fish? Can you pray that when you have this storm, you, you, you've been running and then you try to quit running and then you'll be back now. Can you thank Him? Have you thanked the Lord to put where you are now even though it's not comfortable yet for you? Or are you waiting until everything was fine, done, and according to what you plan, and then you say thank you to the Lord? Are you? Why are you praying for? Are you praying because you ask for something and then God gives you that something, and then are you thankful because of that something or because of Him? Sometimes when we pray, we forgot that He is the Creator. He is the one that given whatever we pray for and all the people said. We only focus on the things that we want. And then we forgot to thank Him for who He is. That needs to be reminded to each one of us. So you realize that you don't pray in vain. You know what the book of James, uh, chapter 4, I think, verse 1 to 4, that you can pray with the wrong attitude, you know? Or probably even you pray, but you want to finish it in your flesh, you know? That's why the Lord's not hearing your prayer. When you pray, you, you give thanksgiving to Him, not because you, you have what you pray for. No, no, no. Even before you have it, you thanks the Lord because you accept it already and all the people said. That's what the Lord wants to teach us, you know. We thank Him every day, each day, each moment, not because we got what we want, but because we knew Him and we worship Him and we trust in Him and we obey Him and all the people said. And with such a great salvation come, and then we're going to acknowledge that. And then God spake to the fish. And you were out there. God put you out there. You know what happened in chapter 3? He witnessed to all these men that he was fearing. All these men that was killing. All these men that he doesn't want to see. He preached the word for 40 days. And then you know what? The whole nation actually repent and follow the Lord. What an incredible story. I'm not going to chapter 4 because we ran out of time. But anyway, in chapter 3, amazing testimony comes out. A salvation comes, you know. And then in, in verse 1 it says, And the word of the Lord came upon Jonah, chapter 3, the second time saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, the great city, and preach unto it 
the preaching that I bid thee. God didn't change the commandment. That's first thing first. And what a great statement in first one that came unto Jonah the second time. It's amazing to notice that, that God give us the second chance. Probably another chance, another chance in our life, isn't it? But again, the chance that he gave us is to preach the same message of salvation and all the people said. Every circumstances, everything that you face in your life now, it only brings to one point, which is the salvation message of the Lord that need to be preached out to the people and all the people said. Whatever you have in life, whatever thing you've been running away, whatever fear, when you're actually thankful for Him and then God give you out of the situation, the salvation of the Lord need to be preached. So the people know about the repentance that they can have to, unto the Lord. And all the people said. That's what we are called out for. No matter where you are, no matter what happened, the salvation, the message is going to be still the same. How Jonah is being called in chapter 1, God saying for the second time is to say the same thing. It didn't change. It's quite a amazing story. I just want to share, I, I close with, with what happened in the last uh, six days in Indonesia. If you remember, it's a quick one, only four slides, okay? Do I have another two hours, is it? Okay, good. No, just four slides, a quick one, okay? Remember you, last, last month when I was here, I, uh, I told most of you that there's something going on in Jakarta. And it did. It did have something happen. I was there about four, uh, six days ago, five, six days ago. On Monday, we flew there. And Jakarta is our capital city and it's the most populous uh, city in Indonesia. And then it's about 43.6 million just in that ended, ended area. Just next slide, please. So, okay. This is on Monday. I met the name, uh, uh, I met the guy named Joshua. He, he came, he came from a Muslim background family. He was sent uh, by one of the church to go study theology in Jakarta. He was originally from Lampung, from Sumatra Island. And then he was running away. He did his course for almost two years uh, to, to be the scholars in theology. He ran away because he felt disappointing to what he saw. And then uh, his mentor, actually, his teacher, actually uh, running away with another woman and then the family broken up and then everything was a mess. And then he said that, what's the points I'm doing this? They're telling me that this is the way, this is the things that, but I can't see that. There's no difference. So he was disappointing. Basically, he ran away to Papua and then he was back again. And then he heard the testimony about his uh, brother-in-law in Lampung, named Brother Jumio. So he was witness to that. Uh, I got Pastor William came to Jakarta on this Monday. Will you able to see him? So I picked him up about 7 o'clock at night. We were talking to him in the car and then witness to the taxi driver too. He listened to and then we, 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 reached, we reached the hotel and then he asked that, you know, all those good, like great stories about this Holy Spirit. I read in the Bible. I knew that something that it says in the book of Acts that I always wanted to know. I read books, 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 and books in the school saying that you gotta live the Spirit. You gotta abide the Spirit. You gotta walk by Spirit. But they don't tell me how. They don't tell me how. I want to know how to get this Spirit. So here we are talking, connecting all the dots. He said that, oh, so I can ask. So I get, get this in feeling of the spirit with a sign. Yes, you are. He said, there's, 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 there's one time that I think I was seeking that. I think I, I felt that something changed, but I stopped. I didn't know what it is. And then I asked him that night. It's probably about 11 o'clock at night. And then he said that, 
okay, do you want to pray? So we pray. And then in five minutes straight away, he spoke in tongue, just this beautiful language. And then he couldn't stop praying and praying and praying. And then, you, you know, Pastor William, I, I need to do something about this now. And then that's, that's probably like midnight, midnight. So I said, well, what do you want? The Bible said, you keep saying that they were baptized there by, by water and spirit. So I want to be baptized now. And of course, I, I thought that was easy to find. We, we went to the hotel, be no pool in the hotel. And then I asked, where is the closest uh, pool here? It was at the back, but it was close. It's midnight now, sir. It's no one is open here with the pool, you know. Okay, we were, we were driving to the city. Uh, so this is about two hours drive. We found that, that river there on the sidewalk, you know, that, that was the river. Very dark and all that. And I said, why can't I baptize here? I said, if, uh, if you want, we can go down. So I walked down to the river and then we baptized. It's about two o'clock in the morning. And then I was sleepy driving, you know, but when he said, we found water and then you baptize, you just like 200% awake. <laughs> You know, you know, you baptize and then uh, there, there, there's, uh, I think, a security guard or guarding this area. What are you guys doing? Oh, he's just going to be taking a bath. And then the police said, what are you doing here taking a bath? Said, and then every, and then at the end, they watched the whole thing. And then it was amazing. That was like 2.30, we finished this whole thing. And then he was so joyful. And then that's the picture there in, in front of the place where he worked. And then there we are. And then we got one soul safe on the first day. The next one, the next day, so I reached the hotel probably about 5 o'clock in the morning and then went to bed about 5.30. And 10 o'clock in the morning, we hit the road again. And the next slide, please. And then we, we met with this group of people at night. But during the day, we speak with one of the sister in, in Banten and Sarang. That's probably another two hours away for where we located. So next slide, just to show. After we talking and talking to them, uh, we get a, the picture on the left. Uh, that's Sister Novi. She's actually a master degree in theologian, and then she's actually uh, teaching a religion uh, subject about Christianity. So witness to her the whole day, and then she said that if this is what you say is true, I want to find out more. So he, he went with us to the meeting at night to with all some of the saints, because we do have some Saint Baptist spirit filled there, probably about uh, nine saints there, and then and then she wants she wants to see it all. So we, we drove to Sarang Banten. This is really remote area. And then she watched everything, what's being said. And then we got a, a family, uh, that's Bambang and his wife, they're baptized too and spirit filled. And then she said that, this is it. I want to give up all my studies. I thought I knew what I have, but I misled people. And then she got baptized and she got spirit filled and spoke in tongue. And I said that, you know what, Pastor, all the things that I've done in the school, I'm going to be telling the people that's wrong and I'm going to telling all the people that I've been talking to that I found the truth I want to talk about the truth now and you you put, put you put them in there in your prayer because she's just uh, you know wanting to know about the lots and then he just he just want the next day actually she start witnessing to her work colleague already and then having called that you know this amazing they they challenged me in this but I was so happy I told them I receive it I'm really praising the Lord now and then that's no fee there so she actually wants us to be there again to meet up with a number of her friends, probably about uh, six of them. And then uh, I told her that we're going to arrange sometimes probably in the next couple of weeks. Okay, next slide, please. So I went back uh, from Jakarta to Bali on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. We got about four baptisms there in Jakarta. So we went back the, uh, to Bali. We arrived at about five o'clock and there's another woman there actually asking that, wanting to know about the lodge. So we have a chat, and then they went to the meeting, and there's another family 
in the other meeting on Wednesday night, which is Lucas and his wife Bella. I'll tell you a bit of this story. So Lucas and Bella actually came last Sunday. Last Sunday. They were to the meeting because they heard about the testimony about being a Christian and being spirit-filled. Brother Ari and Naomi from our assembly in Bali witnessed to them uh, a week before that. And then he said that, Sir, I closed up my shop on Sunday to make sure that I got this message correct. So this brother, he works from 2 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock in the morning selling cakes in the markets, you know. So he woke, he, he woke up every day 2 o'clock in the morning. That's his routine. So for him to be able to go to Sunday meeting last Sunday, he actually, I closed down my shop to make sure that I heard whatever gospel that you need to say to me. On Sunday, we chat, we talk, and then he wrote down everything we say. Every scripture about born again, every scripture about the book of Acts, about Mark, everything. He wrote down everything. And then I told him one thing. I said that, Lucas and Bella, you, 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 were, you were Muslim before, and then you said you, you went to the church, and then you thought you are Christian now, but you don't receive the Holy Spirit. You've been lied all this time. Can you agree to this? He said, we'll see. Well, if the things that you wrote here, what I'm telling you, right, it cannot happen to you, then I'm the liar. And then probably you got the truth that you are Christian. But if you and your wife now, forget about me, forget about the church that you went to, about this church, okay? Tonight you're going to bring all the scripture, you're going to read it for yourself, and you ask the Lord, that He can show it to you, though it is the real deal here about the promise of the Holy Spirit, then you found the truth. Can you be agree with me that all your life in the past is all wrong and you've been lied? Okay, that's a fair deal. He shook my hand. He went home with all the list of the scripture. So guess what happened on Monday while I'm in Jakarta? He and his uh, and wife, uh, Bella, they opened up all the scripture we given to him. And then his wife asked the Lord, if that's what I read is the truth, I want it to happen. And then she received the Holy Spirit spoke in tongue in her own bedroom on Monday night. And then what surprised Lucas said, Whoa, how come that's happened? And then he, he called one of our saints and said, Something happened to my wife. Something like in the Bible. And then, uh, of course, Brother Ivan Soroso came there to tell them, said, What about you? We definitely need to do something about this. We can't wait until Sunday. When's Pastor William coming back? Wednesday. So we were raised there. About, this is about 10.30 at night at the hall. That's our hall baptism pool. So he said that we need to get baptized tonight. So both of them were baptized. She came out. Clearly we spoke in tongues. And then he, he came out not receiving anything. And then he was a bit sad. But he said that that's okay. But I've done what needs to be done. After he washed up to the toilet, he said that, can you have another prayer with me? Oh, sure. Oh, sure, we can pray. So me and uh, Rob Lucas from the Woodcroft uh, were there. We pray in the in the dining area. And then guess what? Two, three, hallelujah. He spoke in tongue very loud. And then, you know, everyone just clapping. He, he was so happy. He said, I knew that this is the truth because he cannot lie to us. And he just hugged us and said, thank you, thank you for the truth. I know I found home. And all the people said. So there you are. And remember, God's calling you for the same message anywhere, everywhere where you are. Don't run from Him. And all the people said.